Hello, welcome to the Grace Life Podcast. The message you're about to hear, if diligently applied, will absolutely change your life. We're praying that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, will give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him, thereby allowing the eyes of your understanding to be enlightened. Now let's join the service already in progress with Pastor West. I don't think we can just rule out and say there'll be no storms. But it won't be at our house. Right? And it won't be, it, and it doesn't have to bring destruction of life, does it? And uh, so we just, what's the, Florence, is that her name? Why are they named most of them after women? That, that doesn't, that's not even the character of a woman, is it? To be stormy. See how smart I am. <laughs> That's more of a man thing, isn't it? <laughs> so we speak to Florence. Do that with me. So Florence, we address you in the name of Jesus. Hear this. We downgrade you to no more than some rainy days. And we call you to have very little strength. Go back and turn. Leave the United States and the people of Africa. Go into the sea. Stay in the sea. Die at the sea. In Jesus' name. Amen. Man, I'm glad y'all are here tonight. Can I can I read something from the Bible? I, I, I'm kind of old fashioned. I still use this book. <laughs> I, uh, the Lord hadn't updated it yet, so um, he's good with it, I think. Uh, you don't have to turn there because I won't stay there very long, but <clears throat> I'm actually going to go to Ephesians 2 and 3. But I'm in, I'm in Joel, or Joel, or whichever you like it. And he talks about restoration. We've been talking about restoration. How many of y'all, how many y'all need restoration in any part of your life? I mean, it's the Lord's idea to restore. And then he needs to restore so we can restore. So there's a lot, lots in store. There's a lot in store because the Lord is in the middle of a restore. Okay? And so he, he, he prophesied in the book of Joel. He said, he said and I, I'm going to restore to you the years that the locust has eaten, the canker worm, the caterpillar, the palmer worm, all these are actually locusts out of that family. My great army, which I sent among you, and you shall eat in plenty. You'll, you'll, you'll eat in plenty and you'll be satisfied. How about that? So restoration must look like plenty. Must look like satisfaction. And we'll praise the name of the Lord your God that have dwelt wondrously with you, and my people should never be ashamed. <clears throat> I mean, there's going to be so much, he said right here, and plenty of satisfied that you're going to praise the name of the Lord. Well, I won't do that already anyway. And you should know that I'm in the midst of Israel, and I am the Lord your God and none else, and my people should never, ever be ashamed. Mine, the Amplified said, my people should not be put to shame. Let me read a little bit for, further because it'll go into for tonight. And it shall come to pass afterwards, after restoration. Hmm? So a lot of times we just we separate twenty eight down. We connect it to Acts two, but when we want to preach about restoration or something, or about, or about the former rain, the latter rain, we want to talk about just restoration. Notice this is one subject. Notice before the pouring out, notice there's restoration to us. Come on, pull on to your restoration thing there. He says, and then after this restoration in plenty and satisfaction in plenty, then it'll come to pass afterward that I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh, not all fivefold, all peoples. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Some of the mainline denominations still don't like that verse. You know why? Because it has daughters in there. 
there's some strict, uh, I won't name any names, but they're just, women don't supposed to get that. Well, it says right here, they're supposed to get it. Right here, I, we read it, right? Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams, and the young men shall see the visions. Now, I don't know what the age is on that. I'm, I'm 56 and having visions. I have some dreams too, but I don't, dreams I'm having, they're, I don't think there's any spiritual thing about it. <laughs> I'm like, I wake up and say, what was that? <laughs> you ever woke up mad at somebody from the dream? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so he says, and the sun will be turned into darkness, the moon into blood before the great and terrible day of the Lord come. And so now, Go with me to Ephesians chapter 2, or you can just listen, because I'm going to be reading from the the PT, the TPT, the Passion Translation. And I'm going to read two chapters. Imagine that. Imagine that on a Wednesday. See if this sounds like you. You know, the, this is New Testament scriptures for New Testament born-again Children of God. We are called the family of God. God has one family. They are in two places, right? The family on earth and the family in heaven. But God says, I just have one family. So this is was written for our admonition. And his fillness fills you. Now, I always say this every now and then, just to remember. Let's pretend like the Bible is true. I mean, I know where Christians come and they hear Bible teachings, but let's just pretend like this was actually true. You know, okay. One, I'm going to read two whole chapters. And his fillness fills you, even though you were once like corpse, dead in your sins and offenses. It wasn't long ago that you lived in the religion, customs, the values of this, the values of this world. You were obeying the dark ruler of the earthly realm who fills the atmosphere with his authority and works diligently in the hearts of those who are disobedient to the truth of God. <laughs> I'm sorry. Praise the Lord. Um, I should be used to this after 20-something years. Uh, okay. Uh, praise the Lord. So the Lord says, no, I'm really restoring. Hmm. He said, this ain't something he picked up off of preaching circuit somewhere. This is not something he picked off somebody else. He said, believe me that I'm able to do this. Um, Verse three, the corruption that was in us from birth was expressed through the deeds and the desires of our self life. So there was corruption when we were in the old man and that that corruption we expressed it you know through our deeds it's how we lived our life the desires of a self-life not a god life a christ life but a self-life we live by whatever natural cravings and thoughts our minds dictated we were living as rebellious children we were subject to god's wrath like everyone else but god right it's all bad news. But God still loved us with such great love. He is so rich in compassion and mercy. Even when we were dead and doomed in many sins, He united us to the very life of Christ and saved us by His wonderful grace. Man, I'm saved. That's you? Put your heart, put your hand on your heart and say, I'm saved. Hmm? Are you saved? Glory to God. So, he saved us by his wonderful grace. He raised us up with Christ, the exalted one, and we ascended with him into the glorious perfection and authority of the heavenly realm, for we are now co-seated. Ooh, that's good. We are now co-seated as one with Christ. I said it many times, uh, E.W. Kenyon always said, with the, the words the King James used, which is not the original uh, Greek. He said, um, I think the King James says enthroned. No, it says what? 
We are seated in heavenly places. Kenyon said that means we are enthroned. They said, what does that mean? He means you, you're in the throne. He said, Kenyon said, there's a picture that when we get to heaven, or that when we were in heaven, we're sitting around the throne like the Father with his children around it. He says, but no, you are one with Christ. You are the co-heir of Christ. You are seated with him in his throne. What are you doing? Well, you're ruling and reigning. You're in the, you're in the driver's seat. You're, you're making decisions. You're deciding the outcomes of, of, of stuff. There's a new sheriff in town. Okay. Uh, verse 7. Throughout the coming ages, we will be the visible... Oh, listen to this. Throughout the coming ages, we will be the visible display of the infinite, limitless riches of His grace and kindness which was showered upon us in Jesus Christ. For it was only through this wonderful grace that we believed in Him. Nothing we did could ever earn His salvation. For it was the gracious gift that God brought us to Christ. So no one will ever be able to boast for salvation is never going to be a reward for good works or human striving. For no one forever. Right? We have become his poetry. We are a recreated people that will fulfill the, the destiny he has given each of us. For we are joined to Jesus the anointed one. Well, if you're joined to the anointed one, that would make you the, the anointed one. Right? I mean, if we're, well, okay. Even before we were born, God planned in advance our destiny and the good works we would do to fulfill it. So don't forget that you're not born as Jews. And we're uncircumcised. Circumcision itself is just a work of man's hands. You had none of the Jewish covenants and laws. You were foreigners to Israel's incredible heritage. You were without the covenant. You were without prophetic promises. You were without the Messiah. You were without a promised hope. And you were without God. You were. Verse 13. Yeah, look at you now. <laughs> Everything's new. You were once distant and far away from God. Now you've been, br been brought delightfully close to Him through the sacrificed blood of Jesus. You have actually been united to Christ. Verse 14, our reconciling peace is Jesus. He has made Jew and non-Jew one in Christ. By dying as your sacrifice, He has broken down every wall of prejudice that separated us and has made us equal through our union with Christ. Ethnic hatred. Maybe I could get on the news and preach this right here. Ethnic hatred has been dissolved by the crucifixion of his precious blood on the cross. Pastor Buzz, you always say this way. He said, we ain't got but two races. We looked at him like, do what? <laughs> do what? He said, yeah, there ain't but two races. We said, uh, he said, you know what I mean? I said, you'll have to help me. He said, saved and unsaved. <laughs> and I said, you got me. You're right. <laughs> Two races. So <clears throat> ethnic hatred has been dissolved. The legal code that stood condemning every one of us has now been repealed by his command. His triune essence has made peace between us by starting over, forming one new race of humanity. Jews and non-Jews have been fused together. Two have now become one, and we live restored to God and reconciled in the body of Christ. Through his crucifixion, hatred died. For the Messiah has come to preach this sweet message of peace to you, the ones who were distant and to those who are near. And now, because we are united to Christ, we both have equal and direct access into the realm of the Holy Spirit, we, to come before the Father. We are direct access to the realm of the Holy Spirit. So you are not foreigners and you're not guests, but rather you're children of the Holy Ones. You're children of the city of the Holy Ones. We are citizens of heaven. We're not a guest of heaven. 
We're not the foreigner of heaven. We are citizens of heaven with all the rights as family members of the household of God. Man, you got rights. So you can't be wrong. You'll catch that in a minute. Verse 20, you're rising like the perfectly fitted stones of the temple and your lives are being built up together upon the ideal foundation laid by the apostles and the prophets. And best of all, you're connected to the head cornerstone of the building, the anointed one, Jesus Christ himself. This entire building is under construction and is continually growing under his supervision until it rises as completed as the holy temple of the Lord himself. Last verse. This means that God is transforming each one of you into the... Ooh, Lordy. Thank you. The passing translation. I don't know if y'all can stand that. We better go somewhere else. Let's see. How many of y'all think you can stand it? All right. All right. Here I go. I mean, I, I warned you. I tell you on TV with something's about to come on. Well, it won't be graphic, but I mean, this is going to be... Mm. I don't even know. Maybe I should go to the King James or something. This means that God is transforming each one of you into the holy of holies. His dwelling place. You are the holy of holies. You are, as we've always been saying, the Ark of the Covenant. Hmm. That's where they put, you know, the law, the Ten Commandments, under certain very precise uh, instructions, right? The holiness of God uh, was in that tabernacle and had to be carried in such a way. Well, you are, you are the ark. Amen. That's why you spark. Oh, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> you are his dwelling place through the power of the Holy Spirit who's living in you. Chapter three, I'll go a little faster. But beloved friends, because of my love for Jesus Christ, I'm now his prisoner for the sake of you all who are not Jews, so that you will hear the gospel that God has entrusted to me to share with you. For it's this wonderful mystery which I briefly described was given to me by divine revelation so that whenever you read it, you'll be able to understand my revelation and insight into the secret mystery of the Messiah. There has never been a generation, there's never been a generation that has been given the detailed understanding of the glorious and divine mystery until now. Because he kept it a secret until this generation. God is revealing it only now to his sacred apostles and prophets by the Holy Spirit. Here's the secret. You want to hear it? The gospel of grace, uh-oh, has made you non-Jewish believers into co-heirs of the promise through your union with him. And you have now become members of his body with the anointed one. Paul said, I was made a messenger of this wonderful news by the gift of grace that works through me. Even though I am the least significant of all his holy believers, this grace gift was imparted to me when the manifestation of his power came upon me. Grace alone empowers me so that I can boldly preach this wonderful message to non-Jewish people, sharing with them the unfading, inexhaustible riches of Christ, which are beyond comprehension. He says, my passion is to enlighten every person to this divine mystery that was hidden for ages past until now and kept a secret in the heart of God, the creator of all. The, yeah, the creator of all. The purpose of this was to unveil before every throne and rank of angelic orders in the heavenly realm God's full and diverse wisdom revealed through the church. This perfectly wise plan was destined from eternal ages and fulfilled completely in our Lord Jesus Christ so that now we have boldness through him. We have free access as kings before the Father because of your complete confidence in Christ's faithfulness. My dear friends, I pray that you will remain strong don't be discouraged or ashamed by all that I suffer on your behalf, for it is for your glory I do. So I kneel humbly in awe before the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the perfect Father of every father and child in heaven and earth. And I pray that he would unveil within you the unlimited riches of his glory and favor with supernatural strength that floods your innermost being with his divine might and explosive power. 
that you be constantly using your faith, the life of Christ will be released deep inside you. And the resting place of His love will become the very source and the root of your life. Then you will be empowered to discover what every Holy One experiences, the great magnitude of the astonishing love of Christ in all its dimensions. How deeply intimate and far-reaching is His love. How endearing and inclusive it is. Endless love that's beyond measurement that transcends your understanding. This extravagant love pours into you until you are filled to overflowing with the fullness of God. Never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all this. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream and exceed your wildest imagination. And ain't nobody here smoking weed. <laughs> did, did you notice that? He didn't about no weed. Nobody's on hair, hair on. <laughs> right? There's no meth lab right here. This is revelation. So he says, never doubt, mighty power to work in you, accomplish all this. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream, exceed your wildest imagination. He will, un, he will outdo them all. So what's your most, what's your greatest request? What's your most unbelievable dream? What is your wildest imagination? He said, I'm going to outdo all of those. For his miraculous power constantly is energizing you. Now we offer up to God all the glorious praise that rises from every church and every generation through Jesus Christ and that all will be manifest through time and eternity. Amen. Praise God. With the little time that I have left, um, we can turn there. I don't know if I'll start right away, but Second Kings. God's got a plan. And He's going to work His plan. And all He needs from us is just cooperation. That's all that He needs. The Bible said that when Jesus said, when the Holy Spirit comes, he'll teach you all things. The Amplified gives several adjectives of him, of course, the paraclete, the helper. But one thing he tells us that he'll be your guide. You ever been somewhere and had a guide? I always thought it really helped if you was in a cave and they had the flashlight. <laughs> seemed like it was to me, but anyway, he's our guide. So you may not know the way. But how many have enough confidence if you can see the one and follow the one who knows the way you can get to where we need to get to? God's got a plan. He's working for every person here. God has a plan for each family here. God has a plan for every home here. God has a plan for each one of your children. I, I was praying about this day to the Lord, and I kind of got on this a little bit Sunday, but he said, I am working my plan when they're believing me concerning their homes and their children. And I said, well, I mentioned that to him Sunday. He said, well, tell him again. And Because I, I said to him before, and he said this to me, I said, well, they have a will. He said, yes, they have a will. I gave him the will. He said, but I, I he said, well, he, well, he kind of likened it to a, a monopoly. That I, uh, Jeremiah 10, uh, 10, I don't know what scripture it is. He said, it's not a man's way to direct his own steps. We don't have that kind of wisdom within ourselves to direct our own life, to direct our own path without, without his wisdom. So he said, if they'll, if they'll believe and if, they, and if they have prayed for their children, and they've given them to me, and they cast the care over upon me. He said, I'm working my plan. And he said, I don't lose. He said, I don't lose, and I don't give up. 
he said, I'll bring them around. And, and it was like a monopoly board. He said, I'll bring them around and around and around. And as soon as they think they're going to go their own way, he said, I'm going to make sure they hit boardwalk and can't pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> so it'll put their plan off. He said, they'll get so going, they'll get so tired of hitting on a luxury tax <laughs> and paying park place hotels that they'll just say, there's got to be a better way. Then they'll cry out to me and say, Lord, would you help me? And he said, he said, well, of course, all you do is ask. <laughs> now I'm making light of that, but what, but what he's saying, he says, I'm not letting go. I'm not letting go. So don't you let go and don't you become discouraged. You just tell them the truth and don't, don't bark on them. Okay. Don't tell them they're going to go to hell if they don't straighten up. Right. I've seen more men never make it to church because it's not always in this church, but, but wives go home and say, you should have been there because Patrick said this and Patrick said that. No one wants to be shoulded on. <laughs> but do you understand what I said? I said should. <laughs> I didn't say that other thing. You should this and you should that and you should this and you should that. No, you, you, you just become the Bible. You just become the love of God. You just become the scripture, right? And you let them grow at the pace that they want to grow. Huh? There's things that my wife exceeds me in. Well, I'm not going to tell you what they are, but she does. <laughs> right? And she's letting me come along at my own pace. Amen. And she can encourage me in those kind of things. There's some things that I might exceed where she doesn't exceed. That's the, that's the beauty of two, two becoming one. We have, we have, you know, you know, those saying this is the opposite of track. That's true. They do. <laughs> it's not the attraction that's the problem. It's the staying together <laughs> after you attract. <laughs> you know, it's like hot air and cold air and generally opposites do attract. But Ecclesiastes said two is better than one. So when one person's down, the other one's there to lift up and encourage. Amen. And if anyone ought to be for you, it ought to be your spouse. If anyone ought to be for your children, it ought to be you. And if anyone ought to speak good of, of your children or your grandchildren, it needs to be you. I don't care how frustrated you get with them. I'm telling you what. Just pretend like you're God, okay? And anything, you, everything you say comes to pass. So if that ain't what you want to come to pass, don't say it. Don't put negative seed out there. Don't give Satan to work with. The Bible says in Mark chapter 4 that our ground, our, our heart is the ground. And if you won't plant the right seed, there's a dude that, there's a dude roaming the earth who's got some seed in his bucket. He'd like to plant if you provide the ground. Don't let him have your garden. Don't let those thoughts. And sometimes things drag on for a while. And we get a little frustrated and we get a little upset and maybe we have to deal with the situation and maybe you're having to be responsible for something you shouldn't have to be responsible for. I have great compassion for that. I really do. But I'm telling you, God's grace is sufficient for everything. And, and here's the deal. Love never fails. It didn't say power, it said love. So if you'll go to love route and you'll keep the door open, the time will come when God runs him around boardwalks so many times they get sick of it. I'm telling you. I've seen it happen many, 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 many times. And so we've been saying this for several weeks. Revelation says, here's, what, here's why this is looking the way it is in the world. The Bible says the time is short. Satan knows his time is short. So when you've got a crazy man with a little time, he's going to do all kinds of stuff. His time's short. But, you know, we're not out of time. Right? We're not out of time, but he's out of time. So the scripture, he comes down with great wrath because his time is short. I, uh, I laid hands on someone over here Sunday. It was Tina's who it was. And I saw, I saw something and I saw it again today. I laid hands on her and I don't have a clue anything I've said to her, which is the way it usually works. But I know this. I saw something I'll never forget. I saw behind her and I knew it applied to everyone in the room. There was, it was, it was an ocean. It, it looked like a beach, but it was a, it was a, a wave that looked like a tsunami coming in. And it wasn't destructive. And then I saw it again today in prayer. I was, I was out praying outside and I was praying and I saw it again and I said, Lord, what is that? 
he said, that is a, that is a wave of my glory that's, that, that is ready to hit. That's a wave of my glory that's ready to hit. And, uh, you know, um, we've come through times where we would go back and I have a lot of books in my library from people. Well, I hate to say this, but the, the people I still today enjoy reading the most after are not alive on the earth. The Smith Wigglesworth, Amy Simple McPherson, Mary Woodworth Edders, the Catherine Kuhlmans, William Seymour, people like that who marked this planet, uh, who God uses such a, such a magnificent way. But in those days, there was a measure of, of the glory of God that was poured out and it was awesome. But it was measured out to some, some people that are like generals. And that won't be that way in this revival. The way we know that is this. Habakkuk, Habakkuk 2, 14 says this. Habakkuk said, The day will come in the end days that this, he said, that the knowledge of the glory will cover the earth like the ocean covers the sea. Hmm? Did you get what I said there? There's not going to be a William Brandon here and then 20 years later there's Catherine Kuhlman here and then we can name 40, 50 people over the last 150 years that's marked this planet. He said, the end time is this, the knowledge of the glory, not the glory, which will come from the knowledge, but the knowledge of the glory is going to cover the whole earth as the water does an ocean floor. So, so where is this glory going to be known? Throughout the whole earth. God said, I'll pour out my spirit where? All flesh. So we're in those days to where we saw some marvelous things. Thank God that we have some footage of people that we can go back and see how these things operated in them in their days, like the William Brannans, uh, the John G. Lakes, no footage there, but I mean, <clears throat> you know, books and stuff that we can glean from. But it's, it's time that if we don't know about the glory of God, we need to know about the glory of God. The, which is really, in its most essence form, is God's manifested presence. And, and, and that is going to be such a, a thing here that in Second Kings, uh, I never preached about the glory from here. But in verse 1, 2 Kings chapter 4, 1, it says, There was a woman of the wise of the sons of the prophets of Elisha saying, your servant, my husband, has died. And you know that my servant did fear the Lord, and now the creditors come to take unto him my two sons to be bondsmen. In other words, her husband worked for the prophet. Her husband has passed. Her, she, ha, she owes a creditor. She has no income. And the way they do that in that day is we take your children. Uh, to be bondsmen or to be his slaves. And so Elisha said to her, he said, what shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? And she said, thine handmaid does not have anything in the house save or except a pot of oil. Then he said, go borrow these vessels abroad from all your neighbors, even empty vessels. Borrow not a few. Borrow not a few. Can you, can you get a picture of that in, in 2018 if you had the same situation? And she goes to the prophet of today or to a man or woman of God and they tell her they're about to take this and they're about to take that and then can you, can you help me? And then the man or woman of God says, what do you have in your house? Well, I don't have anything. That's why I'm asking. Well, I got some little, you know, little Crisco oil, little oil, or a little meal, First Kings 17. And he, and he says, well, here's what you're going to do then. You're going to go out, you're going to canvas this whole neighborhood. You're going to go to everyone you know and you don't know. 
you're going to ask him, can I just borrow a vessel? You have a pot around the house that you didn't use. One that don't leak. And get as many as you can get. Many as you can imagine, get them. Now don't get a few of them. Get as many as you possibly can. He says that when you come in with all these, shut the door upon you and upon your sons, and you should begin to pour out. In the last days, I'm going to pour out into on my sons and my daughters, on my vessels. Right? That shall, he says, when you've done that, set those aside, the ones that are full. So she went from him, shut the door. Upon her and her sons, she brought the vessels to her, and she poured out. It came to pass that when the vessels were, were full, that she said unto her son, Bring me yet another vessel. And they said unto her, There is not a vessel more, and the oil stayed. Then she came and told the man of God, and he said, Now go sell the oil, pay your debts, live thou and your children of the rest. Problem solved. But, interesting point here, that everything in this is supernatural. There's no natural wisdom in here. You see anything natural wisdom there? Do you know how many people would call you, have somebody straight jacket come pick you up if you gave that kind of advice to someone? And so she does. She's in a desperate situation. A lot of times miracles always happen when you have desperation in the house. And sometimes the, the, the instructions that we get aren't, don't seem to be very logical. That how would this equal that if I went and did that? And I only got a little, I only got a little oil. If I, if I only have a little oil, then how am I gonna notice that she didn't ask any of these questions? And the first Kings 17, that, that woman had a few questions. You know, she said, I got water, but I don't have a cake. He said, but you do have a little cake. She said, well, yeah, I got enough for me and my son. Gonna, when he was coming, I was gathering sticks to make a fire because I only got a handful of meal and I was going to make a little cake. I'm going to eat some. My boy's going to eat some. Enough that we're going to die. That's First Kings 17, right? And what did he tell her? He said, that's fine. Now go make me a cake first. She's like, can't you hear? <laughs> I just told you. <laughs> we don't have a Betty Crocker mix. <laughs> We've got a handful of meal. He says, great, make me a cake first. <laughs> so he wasn't budging. We need some non-budgers. The eyes of God is looking to and fro throughout the whole earth. He told us in Joel tonight that he says, I'm going to, before all this is poured out, he says, Acts 3 tells us before, G Acts 3, what, 19 through 21 says, Jesus in heaven He's about to get the nod, the go-ahead signal to come get the church. But before he does that, there must be restoration of all things. They said that Jesus is being retained in heaven until God restores everything. So the same order you see was in Joel, before the pouring out upon all flesh, I'm going to restore my people. So get ready for your restoration. It's looking for you. You're going to have to hide in the closet and not give it a forward address and don't turn your light on and give someone your cell phone because it's, it's looking for you right now. And all you got to do is speak a little bit. Speak the word because all the blessings of God are voice activated. Hey, Siri. What's the temperature in Jemison? It's 71 degrees right now in Tennyson, Michigan. Hey, Siri. Who's the Holy Spirit? Holy Spirit is a term found in English translations of the Bible that is understood differently among the Abrahamic religions. Want to hear more? I'll tell you what I want you to know. <laughs> <laughs> so... Voice activated. Huh? You have an address in the Spirit. How many have children or grandchildren? How many, if you were blindfolded in the room, 
and they brought your child in or children in amongst a dozen others, and they all spoke how many you could pick yours out blindfolded. I mean, I mean, I leave the least bit concerned that you can, you can, right? Your voice has an address. You know that that word "ladder" is the same thing as as voice. When 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 Jacob they saw the the angels coming up and down Jacob's ladder, it's the same word "voice." That means your your voice, God's word. Angels travel on God's word. Your voice. So restoration is looking for you. Hmm? And it's not just the things that you've lost includes that. It's not the shame that you went through. It's we've all had things that we've we've. It's caused shame to ourselves and to our family. And so, all that's to be restored. But what's really being restored? It's what was lost in the book of Genesis, and that was the glory. Jesus came back and restored that to us. But every generation has to tell the next generation, otherwise they don't know it. So, he said, but at the end times, he said, this glory will cover the entire earth, the knowledge of it, as the waters cover the ocean. So we've had a, we got this massive, massive wave of glory coming. And God wants us ready for it. And so here he told her, he said, go borrow a few. Now notice, notice that the oil stopped, right? When did it stop? It stopped at the last vessel. It doesn't tell us, but it, it just looks like, it, it just looks like, doesn't it, from this story, that if she'd have had two more vessels, there would have been some more oil, right? How many of y'all could see that? I mean, I'm not trying to do a preacher thing and try to pull something, make it sound a little bit better for a point, right? You know, he said, go get a bunch of them. So she got whatever she thought, and that's what she got. And when she got to her last one, the oil stayed. I, I just have a, an inkling that if she'd have had 50 more, she would have had 50 more, right? And God said, I poured out as much as you got somewhere to receive it. He said, you haven't seen all. You haven't contained all that I have. You haven't seen what I will pour out. He's looking for a receiver. He's looking for a vessel. He's looking for a container that he can pour himself out in. give you a few examples of God pouring out in the past and as we get ready to close tonight. The glory realm is referred to as the realm of eternity. It's, it's really just the revelation of the presence of God. God's manifested presence, right? So wherever glory is, He is. These are the miracles that it's about to come. We talked about Sunday. We showed you the little five-minute clip from, from Sandy, if you saw that, the stone throwers, about the year Sunday at sunset was the new year on the Hebrew calendar. God's calendar is not from the birth of Jesus. When God gives his calendar, he's going from Genesis. So from in God's Hebrew calendar, the, this is the year 57, 79, 57, 79. We're talking about the God of creation. So 5779 is God's time of creation. She was talking about it's a time of birthing into the new. She was talking about the angel coming to Mary's home and, and revealing to her, declaring to her, showed up in, the angel showed up in all the glory. And, and he says, the, you are, you are, um, you are what? Of, of all women, you are blessed and highly favored of all women, and the Holy Spirit will come upon you and overshadow you. He's already did that with you. Did you know that? If not, you're not born again. Right? And so you've been conceived, not in, as immaculate conception, but in the sense of, of, of Him being in you, and the conception of that being in you, and He's in you and you're in Him. 
So here we see that God is going to birth out some things. God's birthing out. Now this year runs, this year of run runs a year, but it started Sunday at sundown. One of the greatest emphasis of this is going to be restoration, but the greatest emphasis is going to be the glory, and the greatest emphasis of that is going to be the God of creation, which means there's going to be massive creative miracles like we've never seen on the planet before. Which is why I implore you again tonight from trained people to watch your words. Don't create something you don't want. If you want to be involved in this, then we need you to be in. Not just in when you need something. I don't know about you, I don't want God to do everything I've ever said. Because <laughs> I wouldn't even be on the planet. <laughs> I thought, That's killing me. It's like, he's gone. See, God can't do that. God can't afford to just to, so, so he speaks only his word, okay? So we're, we're ready for extreme glory. And so uh, there's going to be the, the creative working. And he's going to invade this earth, I believe, in the, in the realms of glory. There's so much to touch here, it's going to take a long time to do it, but it's going to be a quick work. We've been working on a, on a, on a way for, for healings that are wonderful because we can't do nothing without faith. But God has a speed-up process. See, healing is not a miracle. Healing denotes that it's a process. It's in the word, healing. Right? That's not miracle. A, mir- a miracle is, there it is. Healing slower. What I'm saying is when God comes and invades the earth and when, when the angelic host is working with us in the realms of glory, it's not us so much laying hands on everybody out there in the mission field. It's us releasing His Word that, that we hear when we are in His presence and we are releasing the, the prophetic Word to come forth and as you release the prophetic word that comes forth, especially in times of his manifested presence. Now, God's everywhere, but that don't mean he's manifesting his, himself everywhere. Right? I mean, if God was in full manifestation in this room, I would not be standing up. I'm, I'm, I just know that because there's scriptures that happened in the old covenant where they couldn't stand. So he's not in full manifestation right now. He is here. In that sense, we're completing him, but that doesn't mean he's manifested all of his nature and essence and deity and everything about him, his power and everything, right? But when the, but, but when the, when the glory is present and we are declaring in the glory, we're decreeing, we're not making confessions, we're decreeing, it speeds the process up. You go from healing to, to instantaneous miracles. That's where limbs are restored. That's where amputees get a new that's where the blind see and the deaf hear. Okay? That's where people lose 40 pounds in one service. I read one the other day, a guy was talking about he, he lost 70 pounds in one service. The doctor said, if you don't lose this much weight, immediately you're going to be dead. He went to a service. He wasn't thinking about that. He was just looking for help and looking for a miracle. He didn't even know God did stuff like this. And he's sitting there, and he's and he was doing praise and worship, and his pants fell at church down two times. And he was there for three hours, and in three hours, the man lost seventy pounds. I'd like to be in that service. I don't need seventy, but I'll take forty. <laughs> you can gain a little weight and go back to church again. <laughs> I don't know if you did it that way, but be cool when <laughs> say, "Oh, we need to go to church." <laughs> I'm feeling a little bit too full gospel. <laughs> hey, the, the, the only way I can explain this is like this. Let's say, let's say you had a cancer. Let's say you had a terminal disease. But let's say you go to heaven real fast and you're in heaven. How long does that disease get in heaven? Can it live in heaven? Can it live five minutes in heaven? Now tell me why. Because of what? The glory. 
God said, told Moses, he said, if you see me, my face, he said, you're dead. So you think leukemia is going to look at him and say, who are you? Right? So in his presence and in his glory is where we see manifestation go. See, what we've been doing for these many years is we've been operating, and we always will, we've been operating in the promise and in the word and by faith. We'll always do that. We've been operating in Acts 2. We've been operating in the anointings and the gifts. But not so much in the glory zone. In Acts 2, they said, do this, do this, do this, and then they got persecution, and then they came back. Remember? Peter and John, Gate Temple. Man got healed, such as I had, give I thee. Right? Then they came back, and this time they changed their prayer. They said, Lord, stretch out your hand. Not just our hand, stretch out your hand. And they asked for boldness. Why were they asking for boldness? Because their life is threatened. So they asked the Lord, you do this. You get involved. In other words, not just me teaching a Bible lesson and faith needs to come, which is always going to work this way too. And then we just go lay hands on everyone and we go through 14 weeks of healing school. Thank God we can get help. But in the glory, the, the process is so much faster. It's, it's accelerated. And God's going to do a quick work in the glory. It'll be quick because the glory is going to cover the earth. So it won't take very long when the glory covers the earth for a few people just to grab five, we out of here. What's your problem? First is you don't know Jesus. All right, now, now, let's get rid of this, this, this. Right, oh, you healed already. Okay, we're ready to go to heaven. I got my five. So that's, that's the end. The knowledge of the glory will cover the earth the same way the water covers an ocean. That doesn't sound like a William Brandon here and a Catherine Kuhlman here and wait 20 years for someone else. It looks like we covered. Right? So in Acts chapter 2, they were saying, such as I have. And we've been saying, if, if a man would say this and speak to the mountain, thank God for all that. And we're still going to be doing that. But in Acts chapter 4, when you read Acts 4, in verses uh, late 20s into the 30s, you'll see that great grace came upon the church. And it was an answer to their prayer out of, out of Acts where they came back to their own company in Acts 4, and signs and wonders was poured out. Now, here's what happens when you have glory manifestations. You want to, you want to hear a few of them? You, you'll know these, but here's manifestations of glory. Now, you, and you already said this, that everyone here believes that if I went to heaven and I had a tumor or I had cancer or I had a whatever I had, you don't think it can survive in heaven. If you're Baptist, you don't believe that. <laughs> if, you're, if you're Lutheran, you don't believe that, Right? If you're Jehovah, I don't know what you believe, but anyway, you, you just, but, but no one in here believes that a sickness or disease can live in heaven. Does anyone, are we on the same page? So what happens when that atmosphere gets here? How long can we live without oxygen? Not long. Can y'all see where it's at? Y'all can see oxygen? <laughs> Come on up and teach. I'm through. <laughs> but no, we, no, we can't see oxygen, can we? But we know that we know the room's full of it. The atmosphere is full of oxygen. Otherwise, we we wouldn't exist. What happens when glory fills the atmosphere? Captain Cumin didn't lay hands on people unless it was after the fact. Where Benny Hinn get his style, Captain Cumin? They'd sing. They'd sing. 47 songs. They sing praise songs, right? Thankful songs, declaring songs. They would do that, right? Then they get into a spirit of worship. And they would sing, you know, adoration songs and worship songs. And when they did, the glory would come. God would come and he would habit that praise and that worship. God says, I'm going to go down to where they're worshiping me. That means he's going to come to the one who's saying, I love you, Lord. And he's going to inhabit you because he wants the worship out of you. 
and you're offering it to him. He says, I'm going to go see her in church. You hear what she's saying to me? Let's go down and have it that. And so the atmosphere changes from faith to faith to glory to glory. Huh? And in our generation, it's not 2 Corinthians chapter 3. It's not the fading glory that was coming off Moses, coming down off Mount Sinai. He had the Ten Commandments, and he'd been in the presence of God, but as he walked away, what, what was he holding in his hand? The Ten Commandments, but it was called the ministry of death. Mm-hmm. It was the condemning sentence on mankind. Mm-hmm. But he, uh, and, and, and the scripture said, and it was glorious. But they said, what you have is much more glorious. So we have a greater glory that never fades away. But it's increasing. And the splendor of this glory is increasing more and more. So it's not just for the purpose of signs, wonders, and miracles and demonstration. The purpose of the praise and of the worship is for the intimacy of the whole thing. And in the intimacy of the whole thing, God manifests who He is. He comes down to the atmosphere. And when God's here, nothing that's not Him can't survive. Praise God. Glory to God. So He fills our atmosphere. So in Acts 2 and Acts 3, they were saying, in the name of Jesus, such as I have, lay hands on. And Acts 4, they were decreeing. And they were saying, God, stretch out your hand. And in the presence of God, God stretched out his hand. And people were getting healed. And Catherine Kuhlman, she would preach obviously about the Holy Spirit until the presence was tangible. And then people like Ben Hinbeans would get healed everywhere, hundreds of people. And then they would come up and tell their testimony. What? What is that? That's the glory realm. That's where God had manifest himself. In other words, you, you, you had a party, you invited him, he showed up. <laughs> Actually, the word Holy Ghost, the correct in the Hebrew is Holy Guest. You had a party, he was the guest of honor, the guest showed up, and then he manifest himself. Now, can you see if just what would change about our lives and in this church if we just got a hold of some of this? Well, what do you think we're going when it covers the earth? How long would it take to reach the earth when it covers the earth like the water covers an ocean floor? That's enough for tonight. Praise the Lord. Y'all are so easy to preach to. That's why people like to come here and preach. The last two people I had here said, I'd just about pay you to let me come. I said, well, go ahead. <laughs> I mean, I mean, y'all always say that. Go. What was that commercial? Prove it. <laughs> Praise God. Let's just thank him a moment. Father, we just bless you. Oh, we bless you. Oh, you're good. For the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. Lord, you are good. You are so very good. You are so very good. We're so thankful. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you when we bless you. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continue to be in my mouth. Oh, we thank you. We bless you. We glorify you. Oh, you've been so good. And you are so good. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your manifested presence. We worship and exalt you. Glorify and magnify you. Bless you, Father God, with everything in us. We bless you. Glorify your name. Somebody's getting something restored right now. I don't know who it is. Somebody's getting something restored right now. Something in your body. Usually I got a better location on that of what it is, but something you might have dealt with for a while. And God's just, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Holy Ghost. Thank you, thank you, Holy Guest. Thank you, Holy Guest. <laughs> thank you for the glory. <laughs> Stretch out your hands, Lord, and begin to heal. 
Stretch out your hands and begin to heal us tonight in the name of Jesus. Oh, we glorify you and magnify you. Hallelujah. 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 Some, so, somebody, uh, you know, I, I don't know, so I'll just do it this way. Someone, uh, does asthma or bronchitis have something to do with someone? And does someone know it, an infant or a child who has some breathing issues? They may not be here, but you know someone who has breathing as a child. You do? They're close to you? Grandchild or something? Has that been ongoing for a while? What's the child's name? Since birth. Since birth had those issues. Yeah. This afternoon. Okay. Anybody else? In, in, in Jesus' name. Now, 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 now let's, let, let's direct this. Was there somebody else? You? Asthma problems? In Jesus' name. Now let's direct it. See, you're, uh, you're, you're administrators here. Hmm. Such as I have, I'll give. So, Father, there's four places here. There's children, there's, there's infants, there's adults, there's young people who have asthma, bronchial problems, lung issues. Father, we just release the, the, the word. We, we decree, we decree in this, in this realm of glory. We, we decree a, a complete healing and restoration in their lungs, in their bronchial tubes, uh, everything to do with the lungs and, and to breathing and or asthma, whatever it is. Uh, tumors or cancers, you, you, you cannot survive here. You die. You die. You die. You die in this realm. You die in this room. Loose those, loose those and let them go. Loose those children right now and let them go. Loose those children and let them go. We declare healing. We declare the healing. We declare the full manifestation of the healing right now in Jesus' name. They will breathe freely. They will breathe deeply. They will have the full manifestation of it right now in the name of Jesus. More, more. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> oh, glory to God. 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 Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, wonderful Master. Thank you, wonderful Holy Ghost. Is there someone named Karen I need to be praying for? About whatever may not be about this? Serious trouble. Father, we just lift up this child from this pastor, Karen. Father, in Jesus' name, you know all the situation. We pray for a complete deliverance, restoration. Father God, pray for a supernatural miracle to take place right now. We pray for that thing to be turned around. And whoever has the ability to change their mind will change their mind and we'll get grace and mercy here. We'll get a better result than we would have otherwise. Thank you, Lord. We're asking for mercy, Lord, for that, for that child out there, for that person. I'm asking great mercy upon, great mercy and great peace for those parents right now in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In, we downgrade you again, Storm. We downgrade you again. Florence, downgraded. Turn, 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 turn. Go back. Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. 
Mm. Healing. Healing. <laughs> Whew, it's a whole wave coming in. Now, about four o'clock this afternoon, Pam, I, I, uh, Spirit of God said to me to say to you tonight, and uh, he said, I have called you, and you already know this, he, as an intercessor. And you are to intercede, and I'm going to show you places, or I'm going to show you people's faces, and I'm going to give you names. Some people you'll know, some people you won't know. And I saw you interceding, and I and he said to the place to where, uh, and, and you know you 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 can't. Uh, sometimes the intercessors they they feel the full weight of that, and they get. Uh, I've, I've I've met intercessors who, who need counseling because they're depressed. Because they feel the, the, whatever the situation is with that person, that won't become you. But the Lord's going to show you faces in some of these places, people you're not even going to know. They're going to be in other, they're going to be in other countries. They're going to be in other states. Many that you will know. And I saw, I saw the place where you was interceding on their behalf for him. It brings him such joy. Brings him such joy when you do this. And I saw the tears begin to flow, and then he said, "You'll get, you, 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 you'll get the joy." And when you get the joy, he says, "You're through." When you get the joy, you're through. When you get the joy, you're through. So begin to. If that didn't, don't happen, some, and if it does, it's going to happen more frequently. If it's not, it's about to start. Hallelujah. What that means is you're 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 going to set someone free who's chained who's going to spend eternity in hell. And you're going to go in there and you're going to rescue them from hell. You are a jailbreaker is what you are. Hallelujah. You're going to open the prison doors, set them free in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. So I declare all your kids, your grandkids, your family, we claim them right now in Jesus' name. We plead the blood over every one of them right now. Over their situation, over their, over their lives, over decisions they're making, coming out of, trying to come out of situations that they've already made. Father, I ask you to restore those, those situations. Restore what needs to be fixed because of that, of choices. Father, you love them. We love them. And Father, we thank you, Lord, that they, they are yours. We plead the blood over them in Jesus' name. Satan, no, you have no authority. We cancel your assignment. I cancel your total, complete assignment against her and against him in Jesus' name. You have no place here to work. We say no. We refuse you. So go. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Amen. Well, praise God.